Welcome to the podcast at Keep the Heart. If you're a new listener, I hope you'll visit our website at keeptheheart.com where we have books, Bible studies, Bibles, and other gift items that are really useful. In an upcoming interview that I'll be sharing here on the podcast, author Kathy Ashley mentions that many times the things that aggravate us the most in other people are things that we have a blind spot to in our own lives. Ouch. Let's talk about blind spots. Welcome to Keep the Heart Podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker known for sharing biblical insights that are practical and inspiring. Now back to today's valuable study. Have you ever almost sideswiped a car because they were in your blind spot? The car wasn't in your side view mirror, you couldn't see it because it had entered that little strange area where drivers cannot see the other vehicles? According to the National Safety Council, on average, a car has two main blind spots. They're generally at the back left and back right side of the car, and we know this. These are the areas where the driver cannot see by using just those side view mirrors. Now, when new cars added the blind spot warning system to vehicles, it really helped drivers to know when someone was in that zone because it warns you. The system detects the vehicles in the blind spot while you're driving, and it'll notify you with a ping that someone is right there. Some systems are even higher tech. They'll give an additional warning if you turn on your turn signal when it's unsafe for you to merge or change lanes. Huh. Too bad there's not a blind spot warning system for everyday life, right? (laughs) Well, let's look at three common blind spots and what we can do to detect them in our own lives. First, there's the blind spot of fault finding. Now, this blind spot allows us to see other people's faults more clearly than our own. Listen to the fault finders in Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, unwashed hands, they found fault. (laughs) Look who showed up at lunchtime or dinnertime or whatever time it was. The Pharisees were stalkers. They were always following Jesus and the disciples around while looking for faults. They were such masters at the blame game. But what about us? Have we accidentally drifted into the position of a modern-day Pharisee? Well, if we're looking at the faults of others with a critical eye while ignoring or dismissing our own faults, we're copying the Pharisees. We're not copying Christ. But how can we change this? We can begin by confessing that we've been less than gracious with others and too lenient with ourselves. And then we can ask the Lord to cleanse us of our own faults because we can't always see them. Sometimes our faults are in the blind spot. Here's a prayer pattern from Psalm 19, verse 12. It says this, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. A second thing that's in the blind spot is the attitude. When someone else displays an attitude that we don't like, we brand them. But we often write off our own bad attitudes, labeling them as a bad day or blaming it on a lack of sleep, or maybe even saying it's because of hormones. You know what? 
Cain had such a horrific attitude towards his brother in the Old Testament in Genesis that he ultimately murdered his brother Abel. Listen to the passage from Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. And Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Ooh, what kind of tone of voice is that to use with the Lord God Almighty, who happens to be quite capable of stopping Cain's pulse? Now, if you don't know the story, read all of this in Genesis chapter 4, and you'll see that Cain was jealous of his brother Abel because God accepted Abel's offering to the Lord. It's worth less than the five minutes it'll take to read this whole account. But here's the short version. A brother murdered his brother because he allowed a bad attitude mingled with envy to turn into rage. Have you ever become so angry at someone that you were inflamed? Passionate anger is one of the forms a bad attitude takes when we allow a blind spot to go unchecked. Maybe you've sideswiped someone recently because you had a bad attitude and allowed it to overflow onto them. God had a talk with Cain, but Cain wouldn't listen. God wants to help us with our attitudes as well. But if we won't listen, we'll be rushing towards disaster with our eyes wide open. We don't have to live like that. A bad attitude sows seeds of bitterness. Instead of watering those seeds by continuing in the bad attitude, we can ask God to renew a right spirit within us. He delights in answering prayers that are not only his word, but also his will for our lives. Here's a prayer pattern from Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. A bad attitude comes from an unclean heart and a wrong spirit. God is the master of creating clean hearts and renewing right spirits into those who will ask in prayer. And finally, a third blind spot is self-righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 provides a powerful explanation of how we gain the righteousness of God. Here's what it says, For he hath made him, and that him is in Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here's the scenario. He took Jesus in our place, and Jesus was sin for us, even though he never sinned. But this was how we gained the righteousness of God. It was in Christ and through Christ. Now, here's a common accusation from today's cancel culture playbook, calling a person closed-minded simply because they disagree with the other person's philosophy of living or point of view. This kind of self-righteousness is really bondage with a badge because everyone's following someone Even those who imagine that they are free spirits and they're wiser than most, they're still toeing the line and they're staying in lockstep unity with what they're told to do and say and think. Having a cancel culture kind of thinking is understandable in an unbeliever. After all, the Apostle Paul was a pattern of self-righteousness until he met Christ. But as believers, self-righteousness is a sign that we haven't been spending enough time in the Word. The righteousness of God is a gift. The righteousness of self, on the other hand, is driven by a desire to appear to be better than others. After God fixed the Apostle Paul's blind spot, Paul wrote these words to the Romans in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. 
For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Ha, that was good for the Romans, and it's good for us. We don't need to pander to one side or another. We do need to line up with Scripture. As it's often been said about following God, we have an audience of one, and that one is God. When we're clear on this, we're less likely to worry about labeling others, and we're more concerned with whether or not our lives bring glory to God. Consider this verse from Philippians 2.3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's thinking of others ahead of yourself rather than always putting yourself first and always putting your opinions in the limelight as you are the be-all and the end-all and the final word on everything. God can help us master the art of considering others above ourselves. It takes practice, but we'll have plenty of pop quizzes in life that'll help us. Things that are not sinful, illegal, immoral, or otherwise wrong fall under that category of personal decision. We're each allowed by God to determine how we'll handle these areas. When we're paying closer attention to our own walk with God rather than the walk of someone else, we'll find that we have plenty of things to work on. Self-righteousness is deflated by humility, and humility is better when it's voluntary. The Word of God is our blind spot warning system. Let's pay attention to those times that we know God is pinging us, and let's be alert to the hazards of those unnecessary people accidents. Here's a great closing verse from Psalm 119, verse 18, to help us with our blind spots. It says this, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.